0: Good morning, everybody. This is Ross Miller with a fake level of excitement and jubilation as we, not that I don't have, not that I'm not excited about the podcast, it's just that I hurt my back Herr Dr. Bourgeois. Here at the onset of the old school, it should not be surprising that we have back and hip pains and other <laughs> things like that. Um, good morning, Herr Dr. Bourgeois.
1: Good morning, Herr Miller. Um, it's exciting that you you put your injuries out uh,
0: for all to see or hear, as as it were. Um, this is an open forum. We must uh, we must be willing to uh, let down our guard and uh, be vulnerable to the masses. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> you, you describe what I call a, a floating injury
1: as you hit a certain age, where it goes from one part <laughs> to the other in a yeah. mysterious fashion. Yes, um, come and go with great regularity. So that's gotta, it. Well, I feel like welcome back. We've we've been recording <coughs> She's weekly, but but we took about a week off. But we have a few in the ba- in the bag, as they say. Yes. yes. Um, so we're, we're it's good it's, to have options. Yeah, it is, and, and we could just uh, delete a few, and probably everyone would be happier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're such timely folks; uh, it may lose its shelf life. Who knows? Could be. Well. Um, Today's episode
1: probably is timely because I was thinking about what would be fun and the baseball record. playoffs uh, um, the kind of um, the jockeying and position for the wild card positions, or doesn't everybody make the playoffs? Everybody gets a, an award. So no, you're confusing
0: that with a uh, little league baseball. is not the same thing. Okay. They have all these one game series. I, I think that's the part people really like, well, the one, the, the first one is a one game series. You know, if you okay. get a, like a tiebreaker to get in, but, uh, well, it's not cheap in this, okay? It's America's pastime. It's America. I know, but it's not a series. You can't have a series with one game. It's a well,
1: plural. It's implied that you play multiple games in a series.
0: Well, the the play in the play-in game is just that. It's just a play-in game. But then after that, it's either a five or seven game series.
1: But it's a it's a you might as well just have them flip a coin. Oh God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't watch it. Opt- you're, you're yanking my chain, is what you're doing. So no, uh, I would never mind. do such a thing. <laughs> um,
1: and, and you're you're in a weakened state because you started school this last week. I mean, you've been in school for weeks, it seems, preparing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just what you said you wouldn't do. And then you're in your classroom every day and meeting with teachers. Uh, yeah. I know you have a leadership role, but you've been kind of chomping at the bit, I think, to get get back in the classroom. So um, I was thinking this would be a good time just to ask you what is it like here miller to be back uh, in in front of students because they came as they often do to school (laughs) face to face um you don't need to get into current events but you can yeah i just want to know what's your experience how does it feel ross
0: i will tell you that as somebody who is fervently looking towards the possibility of leaving the classroom uh, entering into retirement and going off to doing more in, more, not more interesting things, but certainly different things, you know, more interesting. Yes. Are <laughs> we kidding? <get> it. <laughs> yeah. it is surprising how jazzed I still get at the onset of the school year, as those kids start filing in and there's a certain level of, um, uncomfortability if that's a word on the part of the students they're, they're entering into new territory they're entering into my territory and um and uh, therefore at this juncture they're just guests later on they'll become more comfortable and they'll they'll make assumptions and i'll correct them yeah but um the thing is is that right now there's still there's still kind of a level of excitement every time the new year starts and it it for me it tends to do a lot to offset how silly the week before might have been okay so last time we t- you know last time we recorded something we talked about the fact that that the, the first week of school is actually just the teachers going through one uh synabulistic meeting after another and um and the drudgery that that tends to both create, but also leave on the psyche of the people in it. You know, my school district, though, or at least in my school, they do better than most. I mean, they keep the drudgery to a minimum, you know, but uh, they do actually leave a lot of time for teachers to be in their classroom working good for them. there's Yeah, there's something there's something quite exhilarating about that first day about those first sign of kids coming in. And as you sit there and try to think about, is that kid going to be the jerk? Is this kid going to be the one to ask random questions that have nothing to do with what we're talking about? You know, is that is that going to be the star of the show right there? You know, so there's all this, there's all this little tinges of excitement that come along with that.
1: Wow. The, the way you, you describe it is exciting for, for everybody, including the, the students. And they come into your territory, as, as you said. And when they walk in that door, they all look the same. Mm. They walk out, they look scared.
0: (laughs) They might be scared. I don't know. But I think, you know, it's um, and of course, you know, you you suggested that that this might get um, topical and certainly not topical to make any kind of points. But I would be remiss if I did not mention, you know, one, the environment in which we are going back to school. Uh, with uh, the Delta variant, which is a, a phrase I hoped we would never mention on this podcast, but uh, there you go. And um, as of right now, a uh, no obligation for either students or teachers to wear masks, uh, nothing of the protocols that were in place last year in the form of quarantining, as far as contact tracing, as far as you know, mask and shields and things of that nature. It's almost as if you know, because I teach teenagers, it's a different it's a different setup for the elementary folks uh, because those kids are not uh, uh, they're not able to get any kind of vaccine yet. But at the high school level, there is certainly the idea that a lot of folks have gotten the vaccine. Not that that means much in the long term because we, you know, we're finding out more stuff about the the durability of the vaccine but you know so it's all done in the backdrop with that in mind and I think it's hard not to have that in your head somewhere it's just just not helpful to think about it too much so it's not the same as say three
1: years ago or whenever the hell we had regular there's a is is it attention is there some something else than previous years
0: I think there's a tension, but I think there's also an expectation, the wonderment of what will happen. You know, I think there's an assumption that something will happen. The question is, will it be uh, something that derails the process? Will it be something that in the end proves not to be that impactful? I think the fact that a lot of people just don't know, I think that that I think that's part of what people are feeling. And then when you think about the elementary folks, uh, you cannot help. I certainly can't help, but to consider my daughter in in the school system, a school system, as I said, is not requiring masks or anything like that. But um, yet they still have to kind of deal with this thing that's around us. And so it's um, it makes for interesting conversations around the dreaded faculty room table. And it makes uh, certainly makes some very difficult conversations at home as well.
1: Well, I can, I can imagine that, you know, putting that aside, there there are still some normal things that happen when students are in, in the room. And if you could flesh that out, do you do the, the activity where you ask them all what they did over the summer?
0: It's not a formal thing. It's more of a kind of an organic thing. But I find that or what what I usually will do is that if I say anything about it, you know, in a course in front of a classroom, I will say something like, okay, who went the furthest over the over the summer break? I don't need to hear about someone who hung out with their nana in Oklahoma, you know, for however long they did. So, you know, I, I'm kind of I just throw it out there just to kind of have an idea of where these people are going and then and then I transition. I really don't spend hardly any time on it whatsoever. I mean, if they say something particularly interesting, I may ask a follow-up question, but normally that's the extent to what I'm interested in hearing about is just how far they went. And then we say, okay, it's time to get to work, you know, and then you start working. Well, that's good.
1: So you can say, yeah, you won. (laughs) (laughs) Keep moving, but, but you spare the class and yourself of hearing, you know, 30 times I I stayed home and played video games. Mm. Really? What games did you play? then you'd have to sit and listen for about a half hour. What level did you reach? (laughs) Well, that's good. So you've kind of minimized that, but it's still a good way to get to know them is, you know, you, you, you kind of talked about these students coming into focus, you know, you have almost this, not a preconceived, but you have to make some judgment just by the way they walk into the space. Mm. Um, what do you do to help them come into focus, you know, in that first day?
0: Well, I think the first thing I, I want to do is I want to get them talking mm-hmm. on point as quickly as possible. And so, you know, for example, my, the world history class I'm teaching, this is uh, the first time in about 10 years I've taught AP world history. So the very, first fir- very first question I asked them is, uh, what is your definition of a society? What is your definition of a civilization? What does that include? Uh, what would it preclude? Uh, what is not necessary, but it might have? You know, all this other stuff. And then you think about um, you think about you know, the con- you know, the character and the traits of a civilization. And then you ask, you know, where does law fit into that, you know, where does rules and regulations? Cause that's not typically something that somebody will bring up. They'll talk about whether well, there's schools, there's roads, there's churches or, you know, whatever there's language, you know, there's a more or less a shared direction. Uh, so I will bring up something like law and rules. And then the question, you know, question can go from there based on how they answer that question. And then, you know, my colleague does a great activity with Hammer Rabbi's Code. Hammer Rabbi was a uh, fertile crescent ruler back in the day, uh, often cited as being responsible for the first codified set of laws. And of course, you know, typical, what you might think of Old Testament times, there's a lot of killing and the chopping of half of hands. If you steal stuff, you know, it's a, it's a pretty brutal system, uh, but then it gets into very interesting conversations. Like, you know, what is the purpose of law? Um, is it to is it to promote good behavior or is it to punish bad behavior? Uh, does it, you know? And you start getting into these kind of questions that one they have some semblance of understanding of because they know about the notion of rules, they know about the notion of uh, uh, kind of you know, legal rigmarole, but they may not have thought about it in terms of how you define the society so what you do is you take a kernel of what they do know to try to broach and to bring up something that they probably never have thought of but is key to understanding something like early civilizations and so for me one of the ways that i try to bring into focus these kids is to see how they respond to these kind of questions you know how do they answer are their answers logical Uh, are they articulate are they rambling like i can be at times (laughs) you know can they
1: yes
0: (laughs) so i I find that it's a good that's a good way of uh of, of starting to get an idea about the kids
1: um
0: it sounds like you're you're
1: jumping into history right away you're not you know giving them all these procedures right out of the gates you know here's is that i mean in their minds they also want to know how are we graded what's
0: expected all that does that does that ever work its way into that first class period it does but uh i never go into detail about it you know i, I say listen this is what you're going to be assessed on in this class uh, this is um, how we do those assessments you know in the AP class we time a lot of things and so um so for me it's it's a uh, it's a procedural question and one, I don't feel the need to spend a lot of time on. I figure a lot of that stuff will answer itself as we go through the course, you know, Um, I'm more interested in, you know, certainly I'm introducing myself, you know, it would be rude not to, I'm the teacher. Uh, Certainly it would be uh, perplexing if I didn't say anything about what the class was that they were about to endeavor to engage in, but, but then outside of that, I think it's important to jump right in. I, I, um, I'm not going to give them a bunch of, I don't have a bunch of rules in my class. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, these people are, you know, 16, 17 years old. Uh, we should be able to dispense with that formality. And I just ask them to act like human beings and, you know, let's see how you do with that first, before I start putting more restrictions on you. But um I, I try to assume the sale and then I deal with knuckleheads as I come across them. But, uh, but no, it's not a very, um, uh, it's not a very restrictive kind of regulating first class.
1: Okay. So that that's in alignment with the motivational theory, which we espouse, mm. you know, rather than getting into these controlling practices, which is establish a power structure. Um, but, but minimizing that, and, and I, I like what you said about assuming the sale. Right. Um, a lot of teachers assume the opposite. You know, here's here's <laughs> what happens when you do this and this and this. What if we do this? Oh yeah, that happens.
0: Then we will pillory you in front of the school. and right. have Little children throw things at you. And <laughs> <laughs> any, more, any more hypotheticals? Uh, um, well, do you have sixty minute classes or ninety? And well, I have two kinds, Uh, we have what is referred to as an alternating block schedule with a daily first and last period. And, but then the three periods in the middle, uh, rotate between two, uh, schedules. And so the daily classes are about 45 minutes. And then the, um, the, the rotate, the, the block schedule classes are about an hour and a half.
1: Okay. So I'm trying trying to picture this at at the end of that class period that you just described the the bell rings they still have bells right oh yeah oh yeah we like our bells in yeah but we, we the, yeah, the, the bells need to go away um, <laughs> i think they just stir everybody up and, and but i you know i think we were at a school where where the teachers just independently let them out. yeah and you get some early arrivals <laughs> and some late ones So I can still see, got
0: 30 minutes. What are you doing? What's result, <laughs> you know?
1: Did she yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, but there's not much of a transition. Um, are you one of the teachers that stands in the hallway by the door in between classes while there's you know passing
0: period? Yeah. I mean, it's one, it's an expectation that we, uh, if if nothing else, but to be a, to be visible. And there goes some of the the control elements of uh, school. I use it though as as just an ability to be able to greet folks as they come into the door, you know, ask them, you know, how they are and, you know. Just, you know, and I, I tell my, there's several things I tell my students on the first day. One of them is, is that uh, I will be friendly, but I will not be your friend. So please don't confuse the two. <laughs> so, but, uh, but part of being friendly is just saying a to people when they come into your sphere. So uh, part of the reason I do it is just to greet my students. Part of it is also to, to, uh, uh, to be of help, particularly in the beginning of the school year, because you got a bunch of freshmen, well, really upperclassmen as well, who are being tasked with go to, going to a classroom in a part of the building they've never been to before, so uh, inevitably there's some directions that have to be given. So, and then and then there's a, a transition, and
1: you repeat uh, with with yeah. the next group. I I'm, imagine during this the first few days it 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 wears you out being on your feet, being on on stage, as it were.
0: What does it feel like after
1: teaching a day or two?
0: I remember an interview with Simon Pegg, who was a British comedian, and he was talking about the idea, cause now he's gotten into acting, but he had for a time there, I think he was flirting with going back on doing stand-up. And he said, you know, the problem with being out of stand-up for a while and then trying to get back into it is that you have to be match fit. You you really have to be in tuned with the rhythms of being back on stage in front of people. And that that is not naturally come to you. You have to kind of work your way into that, to that status. And I, and I sort of think of teaching in much the same way. I mean, we just spent the last summer, granted, I might have been learning stuff, and I might have been doing things and, you know, what have you, uh, what I was not doing was projecting my voice for seven, seven hours a day being on my feet, uh, interacting being on as it were, and all that creates a certain level of exhaustion. And all of that requires that had to get back into being match fit as uh mr peg had uh, had the phrase he had coined and so um so yeah part of that you know is 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 being able to get back into the groove of things to be uh to be conditioned to be on your feet that long to talking that much and we talked about it earlier you know one of the first things that start to go when you start the new year is your voice you know because you just haven't been projecting it in that way uh, I'm trying to be conscientious about how much I'm projecting my voice, just to kind of offset or mitigate that effect. But nevertheless, it's going to happen at some point. Your throat's going to get scratchy, and you're just not going to feel well. And you think you got COVID, and then pretty soon you just um, it, it, it comes with all kinds of uh, concerns. But um, that's typically how it kind of how it breaks down. Okay. Right. okay. How did it for you? Was it very dissimilar, or uh, was it? No, I mean
1: I I I tended to be more um, friendly uh, than you (laughs) with with, with students. I'm friendly. I'm just not friends. That's a big difference. But I mean, some of them are students that you've known. I mean, who are in the building, and so I'm. Oh yeah. So there, so it was a little bit more closeness and uh, social socializing, you know, with them. I really enjoyed that. Always did. Um, But as as far as wearing out, yeah, I mean, taught German, and it's all talking in this guttural tone right. and that definitely wears you out where you have to kind of plan in little breaks where you're not mm-hmm. talking right so much but that's hard on the first day or two they say that if you speak in a higher voice um it's less strained so uh, i think on on monday <laughs> you should go do a real high voice affect a british accent really high uh, so be side,
0: children. I'm afraid I'm going to have to affect a British accent for the remainder of the year. <laughs> Come on. I'm sure this boss. might cause some confusion and, uh, some uh, questions, but uh, I trust that you'll be able to overcome the situation, and uh, we'll be able to go forthwith into the great stories of U.S. award history. It's going to be great. Just, just <laughs> um,
1: um, believe me, you have to do this now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, I like to lead you in the right direction <laughs> early on. You'll you'll be much more popular
0: um, with the the. I students. don't trust any direction <laughs> you try to lead. me on. <laughs> I'm sure you remember this. The first time I ever asked your opinion about what I should do, I looked at you and I said, would you do that? And he goes, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. But I think yeah. you should. <laughs> that sounds just like me. Uh, yeah. Jesus almighty. That's why you can't be trusted.
1: No, I can't.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> now, I assume that you're not spending your whole day with um, high school kids, but you actually get to interact you know sometime with, with faculty. Um, how, how was that during this first week?
0: Well, the first week and really the first couple of weeks, you you basically try to stay out of people's way because people are are building groundworks for whatever class they're doing or what have you. And so I think it's important. I certainly would never go into someone's class right now. I think that's just mean, you know, just, you know, (laughs) because your teacher and the students are still trying to figure out the scene in the classroom. Mm-hmm. and you you interject a unannounced uh, unrecognized observer uh, into the mix and you're likely to cause more problems than it's worth going in. I think it's easy when you when, you know when you when you've been at it for a while and it's like December and there's a fairly good relationship between the teacher and the student, hopefully, then someone coming into the classroom is not going to throw everything off kilter, but rather um, students will take it more in stride. So um not that i have to wait till december but i, I just think in the first couple of weeks i try to give the teachers some space you know i still see them in between classes and before school after school during lunch that sort of thing and so you're talking and, as, as a department head that, that is part of your role um it's probably yes
1: yeah other teachers <laughs> don't, don't just drop in on each other uh unannounced i, I guess um one way to hope yeah yeah that that we're We're just fighting for our lives in there, you know, (laughs) somebody comes in. Um, But you do, I mean, you mentioned your role as a department head. You are working with some younger teachers. Um, How are they handling this, this type of a
0: year? Um, It was more... There's a greater level of uncertainty last year. I think while this year presents its own problems because of various reasons, I think last year was um, was more problematic. And the and the difficulty there was that the problem laid in individual differences, not a question of pedagogical methodology or or what is right or what is wrong to do in a classroom. And so. Um, And truly, I mean, I think uh, anybody who has experienced this over the last year and a half or so going on two years now, I think what you find is you find that the difference between people is how they assess risk. And that's not anything that I feel comfortable commenting on and certainly not suggesting a correction in because it's an individual, it's an individual thing, you know, you know, Everybody has life experiences, those life experiences dictates how they react to things. And that includes trials and tribulations. And so to that end, the greatest worry that a lot of folks had last year, and to a certain degree this year, has more to do with things outside the classroom. Um, Now, one of the things that I'm gonna be endeavoring to try to do this year is to try to get people to step away from technology. I think technology kind of overtook everything uh, in the last year, uh, last year and change if you consider 2020 or um, yeah, 2020 after uh, spring break. But um, uh, because I think I think I think there is a there there is a need to kind of reclaim the discipline to reclaim the art of teaching, and the art of teaching does not Certainly doesn't preclude technology, but it certainly does not require that it be an essence of every single thing we do. And last year it was damn near a a part of every single thing we did. So I think part of the focus that I had this year was to try to reclaim the job. And that means re-engaging with students. That means getting them off their damn phones and, and laptops and Chromebooks or whatever it is else they have and try to find ways to engage them one-on-one, try to find ways to engage them um, directly rather than always taking out a Chromebook or always taking out a phone. I'm just not sure that's interesting. It can be interesting to them. They spend all the rest of their day on the phone. Even the kids that are, even the most bleary eyed gaze looking kids, uh realize that something is wrong with how much they're on their phone. I mean I I I hear it from the students when we have conversations about it. So um so yeah so I think one one aspect is to try to get teachers to step off from the technology and hopefully I can maybe convince some folks to do that. Well it might be a little bit easier you're not having to
1: multitask and record Mm -hmm. a zoom while you're you know your lecture or whatever the whole class and have these these heads on a screen or mm-hmm. apps. I know a lot of schools did that or, or you right. pre recorded something for the kids are at home. So at least up, at this point, it, it sounds a little bit more normal.
0: Well, and therein lies, uh, some of the challenges beyond that, you know, so, um, so our district, the, the district that I work in does not require masks this year. And of course, I teach high school kids, so that's a much uh, potentially easier proposition to stomach than, say, what's happening at the elementary school level. So uh, kiddos who cannot get a vaccine of of any sort. And so there is a concern about what the long-term effect of that is, although last year there was a lot of concerns. There was a lot of of wailing and gnashing of teeth about what a potential in-person school year would look like, and thankfully... Um, the, uh, dire predictions and prognostications of some folks never really came true. Um, I'm a big believer in what Jim McKay said that faithful day. He was reporting on the 72 Olympics situation that our greatest hopes and worst fears are seldom realized. And so I, I believe that it certainly doesn't benefit us to focus on the negative and certainly not to focus on an extreme negative because it doesn't typically tend to happen. You know, it's not saying it can't, but it's also not a lot you can do to control it. So you, you tried to limit those conversations. It's a pretty serious tone when you bring
1: up the 1972 Olympics, and the <laughs> Israeli <laughs> national team and all that, yes, all that, yes. that happened. Um, but it, <laughs> other than that, you're in a great mood and a great space and it's good, right?
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs>
1: well i'm i'm glad glad to hear that and i don't know if we can end this on a happy tone but it it just gets better right you get um i mean actually getting to know that the students about the time you learn their names um things start to click a little bit it's a little bit more personal um, you're not having to guess or look at a seating chart or something so so it always happens but i i mean you asked me about my experience when you walk into the classroom the first time of a year you're thinking how can i do this again you know Mm. because you had a a summer you you're kind of bracing for it and then once you're in front of that group it just clicks in and and it's like you were made to do this and you've done it so many times you're right right back where you need to be and so that that's a i i think a good feeling Mm. uh, and a little bit of elation uh, as as you go through the day it's exhausting Mm. But, but that elation, I, I do remember that. And um, I think that's in the back of people's minds why they come back, because I know, um, in the spring, I, every every spring, I, I would wonder, is this my last year? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's without a exception every year. Yes, you know, and then as the summer goes, it gets even more bleak, and then you make it through. But once you see the, the students and realize that you're really good at this, um, that, that goes a long
0: ways. Well, it's, it's, it's like most things, the anticipation tends to be more dreadful than the reality. And I think you can envision all kinds of worst case scenarios going into something, but then once it happens and once it's in motion and it can't be stopped, it's a little bit like, you know, going downhill on a bicycle that doesn't have the chain attached, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain level of freedom. You can allow yourself because, you know, now it's, you know, it, it, it can't be stopped and it won't be stopped. And so, um so for me i think i think once the anticipation is over and the reality sets in then you can kind of more enjoy it for the moment and i think that that's where perhaps i hope some teachers are
1: well you you pre- present an image of spinning out of control <laughs> down a hill between now and, and, and june and that's a wonderful image and probably <laughs> screaming or
0: certainly not smiling happily <laughs> joyfully uh, but it's exciting to be at the onset i mean it's one of the things i mean who gets excited about being at the onset of studying math i mean that just seems ridiculous i, mean, what? I, I don't <laughs> what do buy mean? it i don't think anyone's happy upstairs I, our math and science department is upstairs and i just i don't even go up there it just gives me the heebie-jeebies every time i i do i uh, <laughs> But I think at the onset of studying history, the onset of studying the life of people or the, the, the fortunes or misfortunes of a country, it's just an exciting place to be. Um, You feel feel, feel like a little bit like a a Friedrich's character, uh, uh, the wanderer uh, gazing over fog and mountains or whatever the hell, like the sea of fog or what have you. I don't know what you're talking about. I just (laughs) know you're
1: insulted math teachers and science teachers who have the same mission you do, and they get giddy about it. (laughs) Uh, uh, So... uh, but, but, but either way, you're, you're, you're back. And, and I know I mean, we can say this, your years of teaching ahead of you are, are, are growing shorter. So the, this uh, could be one of your last years potentially, but do you yes. get a little bit philosophical about, about that?
0: I think, well, I mean, I, you know, one of the things that you're always having to fight are the emotions of the moment. And, um, you know, the, the Chinese philosophers might have opined about the importance of doing nothing uh, in order to negate the effects of what's around you. But uh, I certainly think that, you know, when I get philosophical, when I sense problems arising, you know, when I sense controversies brewing, um, that tends to be where I will step back, you know, in class, I am very different than what I'm like in person, in person, I'm much more laid back, much quieter. Um, uh, but in the class, I I take on this persona, uh, for the purposes of, of teaching my class, not to, um, not to affect something, uh, not true or unrealistic, but to simply try to find a better way as, as far as engaging people, you know, I'm a bit too quiet, uh, you know, in person, or I tend to be I certainly don't have to be, but um, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a facade there. And so, but as far as everything else goes, you just kind of take it as it comes. And you've seen it all before, there's nothing terribly surprising. And then what you get philosophical about is, is being able to understand that controversies are, are transient. And uh, this too shall pass. And just try not to worry about it. Well, that's a, a, a
1: good way to leave it. Yeah. Boss. Um, <laughs> why, try not to worry about it. <laughs> it's It's, hor-
0: it's horrible <laughs> advice uh, because it's, yeah. uh, it's horribly unhelpful, especially someone who is gripped by worrying about it, you know, and you know they, they don't have the context or the perspective or the bigger picture about what this may or may not amount to then they just assume the worst case scenario. And, and, and to me, I just, you know, I think my time in the classroom has taught me that that's not likely to happen.
1: Well, this could be the the rest of our podcast. I'll just ask one question. I'll say, hey, Miller, how are you doing? <laughs> and you'll, you'll go on and on and on about it. But, but I, I, I suspect that the there's, there's a, we talked to this about before there's a rhythm to a school year mm. and, and the beginning has, has a rhythm and then the <clears throat> real learning kicks in for until there's a break. And then you get into that nonsense of vacation break, break, break. Um, but that, that's another thing that sustains us as teachers. Mm-hmm. We, we really like the, the structure and the, the seasons of, of the year. Much like baseball. Baseball. What do, what do you mean? Baseball has one
0: season. Baseball as a as a as a sign of the coming of spring and the ultimate uh, arrival of fall. You know, it's a it's a season. It's a it's a sport uh, definitely marked by characteristic of um, the changing of seasons. And right now we're in the
1: blast furnace. Uh, at least they used to call it that when it wasn't an indoor stadium. The dog days of uh, of summer. Well. I think that um, as a teacher, these aren't dog days yet. They happen a little bit later. A little bit later. You know, you, <laughs> let's hope. Otherwise, you, you really need to rethink this.
0: <laughs> boy, we'll I'm really doing <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe it. it's September and I was already just saying, "Oh, you know, just."
1: <laughs> Don't we have a three-day weekend coming <laughs> up? Labor Day. <laughs>
0: well, What's the answer to the test? Oh, well, who cares? Just relax. <laughs> just read Harry Potter for God's sake. Oh boy, leave me alone.
1: Uh, Leave me alone. All right, Herr Miller, uh, I'm going to say goodbye on that and wish you a happy week and Godspeed.
0: And have a great week to you, Herr Dr. Bourgeois.